Okay, what's going on, guys? And welcome to a brand new episode of Energizer Ross. Introduce the champ. We have the Cage Warriors middleweight champion of the world. It's Matthew the Beast Bonner. Matthew, how are you doing? I'm really good, thank you, fellas. How are you? I'm doing really, really well, man. And well, actually, no, I'm a bit sick. You can probably hear for those of you uh, who are useless to us, but uh, having you on has definitely perked me up. Uh, are you the most famous man in Wigan now? Warrington, that's where I'm from. Oh, so. Jesus. Uh, you cancel the show, cancel the show. <laughs> sorry, again, sorry, uh, what's it called? You, you must be up there with the rugby league players now in Warrington, then, are you? I think it's Kerry Katana, he's like the, the most famous, <laughs> famous person from Warrington. So, yeah, hopefully, I'm kind of catching up to her a little bit now. <laughs> She's famous around these, these parts as well. <laughs> yeah, because she, she was married to Brian McFadden. So, uh, yeah. We're very familiar with her work. Uh, so, Matt, how does it feel to be a world champion? Feels good. It, it sounds really kind of boring, I'm going to say, but it's more like a relief. It, it feels like I've almost had a weight come off my shoulders. Um, obviously, it takes, it takes a lot out of this sport. It can kind of cheer you up and spit you out sometimes. So to actually take something out of it I mean, is very satisfying. Um I fought for Cage Warriors an awful lot of times now. You, you, you know, anyone who joins Cage Warriors wants to win the world title and move over to the UFC. So, you know, hopefully, that will be the uh, the pathway now. Absolutely, man! It, it was an absolute insane back and forth. Yeah, I think I wrote it on about five or six different places online. I was like, I think that was actually Cage Warriors fight of the year. It was an absolute, absolute epic battle, and not only that. You know the way in football they sort of say it's the tale of two halves. Sure. Well, I think each round was a tale of two halves. Yeah, like definitely. Frederick came out very strong in the first sort of minute to a minute and a half, the first uh, at the start of every round, and then like as it got to the second half of the round, then you start to take over and start getting the better positions. I was watching, just going, "Oh my god, you don't!" Yeah. And, and you know what was even crazy? I think uh, you you'll tell it's better, but in the fourth round when you actually got the win. I think that's when you were probably most hurt and that was his best chance to finish the fight himself. And then next thing you know, out of nowhere, Matthew Bonner is on the Thomas Frederick's back and he sinks in what's only known as a next-gen special, the rear naked choke these days. <laughs> it, 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 it was a strange one. I said this kind of watching Frederick's previous fights against James Webb because those fights went four or five rounds as well. Um, and he's got a very kind of very weird energy system, Frederick. He, he can kind of, he recovers so well between rounds. I, I've never known anything like that before. Um, I think anyone watching the fourth round, he was still really, really fresh on the feet. And then when I took him down, that kind of freshness disappeared. It was like, uh, I was speaking to my SNC coach after the fight, and he was saying, obviously the stand-up and the grappling are very different energy systems. So if you kind of compare a marathon runner to a sprinter, he was almost like the marathon runner. He was very fresh on the feet. You know, he, he probably could have gone another 10 or 10 rounds, but as soon as I took it to the floor, the kind of wind went out of him, and that's where I seem to be able to do my best work. Yeah, it was, it was such a great fight to watch, especially the, the co-main, Will Curry, against uh, was it Christian Duncan. That one, that was a great fight as well. And then like I was like, how is this main event going to be that? And it was just so entertaining. Uh, have you watched it back yourself? I watched it back about 23 million times. Yeah, it's just on replay there with the belt on. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I was after the straight after the fight, I was like, oh, I'm going to watch that and cringe a little bit because it was a little bit messy. 
I was, you know, I was exhausted, honestly. I, I, I'm not sure how that fifth round would have played out. Um, and I think that was a lockdown to, obviously, it being my first five-round fight and it being the world title opportunity and stuff. There's, there's, there's a lot of pressure there. There's always a lot of pressure in fighting, but, you know, obviously a little bit more with, with the stakes being a little bit higher. But actually, looking back, I'm quite pleased with how the fight went. I'm pleased that I showed that little bit of great determination, which I know I had, but it's always nice to prove it again. And, and I, I would have said before the fight, I, I wanted to win by a choke. I wanted to show my submission skills off a little bit because that's what I feel has come a long way in this camp. Um, the last three fights have been very striking involved. So for this one to be a little bit more grappling is was out, you know, I was quite satisfied with. One thing that I did notice uh, on the broadcast, uh, you probably obviously didn't get to see you were in the cage, was we didn't actually get to hear what was being said in between rounds. Um, what was your sort of, thought process in between rounds and what was your corner relaying to you if you can remember because you know as I was saying that the, the rounds were actually you know one half he was dominating then you were dominating did you know you were up or did you feel you were up was that what the, was being relayed and then obviously he got the point taken off him as well did that factor into it at all it, it, again that's quite funny because every time I went back to my corner the first question I asked was did I win that round because it, it is very strange obviously from your my perspective isn't really you can be blinded and you can think you're winning or you can think you're losing and you're not. Obviously, the corner team's there because they can see things that you can't. So every time the round finished, I'd go back to my corner and say, did I win that round? And for the first three rounds, he said, yes, you've definitely won. You've definitely won those rounds, even though the third, I think, probably looking back, could have gone either way. Um, But they just wanted me to get hold of him, grapple him, take him down. I don't really think it, that that's too much of a surprise to say that because every time I did take him down, I, you know, I very much controlled him for the most of the round yeah. where he was doing his best work on the feet. So the idea really was to get hold of him, take him down, drag him down to the mat and see if we could get a finish. Was it, yeah. uh, is, is it good when you're going off the corner, you're like, am I winning? Are they better off lying to you? Be like, nah, no way, no way. You need to win this round. Or like, are they like, well done, man, you're ahead. Like, what's the best, what's actually the best way looking back at things? I think if it was a close round, it's probably best for them to go back and say, let's see that as a lost round. Let's see that as a round that we've lost, just in case. Um, I think the first two rounds, I, I don't think anyone could argue that I didn't win them. And then I think it was, was it the second round where he got? The second round he got, yeah, the second round it was 10-8. It was again, yeah, obviously, so that, that's kind of a 10-8 round. So we knew we were at least kind of three points up going into the third and again, the third could have gone any way, but then obviously I stacked it tight really quite badly mm. at the beginning of the fourth. Um, yeah, it would have been interesting kind of to yeah. see how, would have, how the fifth would have played out, I think. But yeah, yeah I just I, I think honesty in the corner is probably the main thing. But if it's a close round, I think it's best off saying, listen, you may have lost that round. Let's uh, let's let's fix it for the next one. Exactly. Um, being the challenger as opposed to the champion, you know, the draw was no good to you as well. So you had to make sure you or win the rounds if you know Frederick was up three points or or sorry three points after two rounds you know what I mean he can sort of almost coast his way and lose the last two rounds and still get the draw so uh yeah you know what I think you're right honestly out of the corner is exactly what you need you need to know exactly where you are to know how much energy to expand as well or expand as well so I think you know great job from the corner uh hopefully next time there is a cage warriors you can hear the corner because like Sure. I don't know. I love hearing the corner in between rounds. Yeah. I love not being known what's said. Um, 
especially I was really intrigued on Saturday night to hear what uh, we'll get into that later. But what Paul Hughes was going to say to Ian Gary, I was like, that that was like that must have been like very interesting to hear. So I was like, oh, we're missing out. But uh, can I can nah. I give another recommendation as well? Go on. Uh, just when the screen, when the when they're showing the fight, um, if if because obviously people from Cage Warriors are listening now, just like if they put the names on the screen as well, so people know or what color who like what color the shorts or the gloves, anything, just so because I've I live with a few of the lads and they're only watching because because we're us doing the show and they're like who's who who's who and all the fights. So if they if there was an easier way to differentiate, that would be easy enough, you know. Yeah, it was probably easier to differentiate this fight, though. Which one was uh, Bonner and which one was Frederick? You know, so I'm sure you tell the lads at the start, they know. But yeah, I yeah. definitely... I no, definitely just the lower cards and stuff, yeah. Yeah, no, I definitely think a little... Uh, where it says the round, it would just even have said, you know, colour of shorts or whatever, or colour of corner. I think it, it does help people who are watching for the first time. Um, one thing I did notice uh, Matt Ash fight is that I, I, I assume it's your twin brother. I saw when you brought the belt home, and uh, you and your brother, I was like, oh my God, Bosbo, there's two of them. There's two of them. <laughs> the Playboys are wearing to the route, like, got it? <laughs> it, was, it was crazy to see. And then I think, like, I saw on his page or something like that, he had a, a post on his wall. And I, I don't know, it was either your missus or his missus, and roared at the telly, going, get up, Mac, get up. It was in the fourth <laughs> round, and I, they were oh, roaring at the telly. And I was like, oh my God, I go, this is like, carnage but uh man what was it like to bring that belt home to the family yeah it was yeah it was nice it, obviously it's kind of it, it, it's easy when you win because you come back and everyone's dead happy and pleased when you lose it's very it's awkward and obviously you're a little bit embarrassed whether, whether that's rightfully or wrongfully you are you're embarrassed and you know, people come in the gym and it's kind of you know they throw a little pity party every time and you think oh fucking hell this, this is I wish we just could get past this awkward two weeks so it's nice to get a win, and obviously the missus is super pleased, and the family made up and stuff. And you know, I, I've done this for twenty years now. I, I started training when I was ten years old, and I'm thirty now. So it's, it's again, it's kind of similar to what I said before at the start of the interview. It's very nice just to take something out of it, and you know, no, no one, no one can really take this away from me now. And if I if I was to lose the next ten fights, I'd, I'd still turn around and say, Do you know what, I had a really great career, and I was a world champion, and I'm very proud of myself for that. But it's Obviously, the feedback you get off everybody else is very satisfying as well. And if it makes them happy and they get a little bit of pleasure out of it, then that's even better. Can, can we just talk about that for a sec? If someone loses, like Ross, like we know, we're obviously we're close with a lot of people on the cards, and <clears> sort of like you don't know if you should send the message to say hard luck or it. It, it is a very it's slightly touchy subject, isn't it, Ross? Like you know, well, I also think it depends on the you know the fashion of the feet. You know, what I mean, if if you if you if if you're laid knockout, like I think a lot of times you don't really think about it as a fan, like. Matt, you go into the cage basically in, in a pair of boxer shorts, and um, mm. you fight another man in a pair of boxer shorts. <laughs> and like, if that other man knocks you clean out, and you're, you know, you become a highlight reel basically for the rest of that per- person's career. You know what I mean, Jesus. I'm sure you just want to go home, crawl into, a, crawl into your, into your bedroom, and sit there for two weeks until like someone else gets knocked out, and then you know you're, you're sort of forgotten about. You know what I mean, I'm sure it's extraordinarily rough. I'm sure it's quite, you know, telling on, on, on your mental health as well. You know, you know what I mean, like he. It probably makes you question all the training, all the hard work you've done. Being like, "Am I actually good at this? Or am I not?" You know what I mean. So I'm sure, you know, you do you do have those deepest thoughts on you know 
when we do see someone lose who like you know we do support we're like oh i think nine times out of ten we send them a text anyway just because yeah you know their phone's blowing up when they win but you know <laughs> it, 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 who's it, who's who's really on your team you'll find out when you lose i suppose yeah when and, you win um, when you win you get all the tinder matches when you lose you can't even buy one you know <laughs> <laughs> that, that's exactly a bad moment but uh <laughs> Matt, your career has had such a resurgence out of late. Would you actually attribute that to moving to next gen? Because each time I've seen you and I've seen your last three fights, the improvement has been massive each time out. And like, you mean, you're turning into this like unstoppable finisher now, as opposed to beforehand, you were almost closer to 50-50. Yeah, I think that's. I think there's two kind of massive key moments in my career, and I think the first one and the biggest one would is definitely moving to next gen. Um, that that's kind of proved to be probably the best decision I've, I've ever made in my life. Uh, so Sorry, Matt, when was that exactly? That was or after what fight? To, that was after the Madass Glemonous fight. So we're probably talking 2018, something yeah, like that. That was um, the 16th of February 2019. Right. Okay. So yeah, about, about two years, about two years ago. So I've not been, I'm not really, not been at next gen for that long, really. Um, that I was, I'd lost two fights in a row. I fought yeah. Matt Madsen in Denmark, uh, and I broke my jaw in that fight. I broke both my feet in that fight. Uh, came back home, jumped on the Madas Glemnis fight. Uh, I don't think I've actually ever said this before, but I'd had a, like a really bad tear of my knee walking to that fight as well, where I couldn't even shadow box for the Madas Glemnis fight, and then. He won by split decision. And that was probably, you know, out of maybe one or two, the, the roughest point of my career was, was at that moment. But what it did do is it spurred me on to change things up. Um, the big change was, was going to next gen and, and mixing it up and, and getting out of that comfort zone, really, because I was very much kind of training the way I wanted to train and doing what I wanted to do when I was managing myself. And it seems I'm you know, very naive looking back, but... Well, going to next gen was, you know, I, I, I was a pro fighter, I'd already had maybe like nine, ten fights, but going to next gen was quite quite scary at the time. Um, there was been like a world-class gym and well-respected coaches, so I, I'm very pleased, obviously, that I, that I managed to to go over there and, and it's it's done the right thing by my career. No, abso- absolutely, and like, you know, you, you, you really have turned the corner in there and like, you know, obviously... Mark Mazden, I think, is now 10 and 0, and he's in the UFC. Sure. I think he's fighting Clay Guida next in his next fight. Mm-hmm. You know, he's dropped down a white class. He's an Olympic wrestler, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I've always, I always say this, you know, especially on the European scene, if you get one of those, you know, collegiate wrestlers or Olympic mm-hmm. level wrestlers, they become very hard for any opponent because it, it'd be like, you know, me fighting someone in a boxing match who grew up since the age of 10 boxing, you know what I mean? Like, sure. the, they're, they're, like the level of advantage is just frightening so uh it takes years upon years to get up that level but uh, obviously the grappling has definitely improved at next gen as well sinking in the rear naked choke as well so uh a shout out to all the next gen lads uh you seem to be a very popular figure there and uh one thing that the lads keep on saying to us is you're so funny and i think that's really telling from yeah. your instagram uh, i saw the i saw the bus parade uh i saw what was it the fella outside greg's is it Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, like, like, just like, just so, so funny. Like, not what you're expecting out of someone who just won a world title. You almost expect to see the belt in every picture, but no, like, there's a uh, Matt Bonner taking the piss yeah. out of himself. Also, also, we we asked Matt to go grab the belt as well. He wasn't, he wasn't wearing it. So, like, yeah, that, that we were like, shows. Yeah. 
we're like, get that belt, get that belt. Yeah. Matt was like, my brother has it around the town. I'll go and get it. <laughs> <laughs> he's pretending he's me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh stop uh, Matt I was going to ask you as well I think Ross slightly touched on it there uh, what just so we so the people listening and also like everyone what, so they get to know you a bit more when did the penny actually drop when did you when were you when was the when did like Matt Bonnery like go right here I am it was it was after the Jamie Richardson lost I think that's where everything kind of came came together um, I, I still think the Jamie Richardson Richardson fight was the worst fight I've, I've ever had. Um, and I remember coming out after the fight and jumped on the phone to the missus and said, I have no idea why I'm doing this anymore. I hate doing it. I'm not enjoying it. I'm, I'm thinking of walking away. And it's it's always one of those things you end up saying kind of as soon as you've lost anyway. But there was there's some real kind of... I did feel like maybe that was going to be my last fight. And then you take kind of a week off, two weeks off, and you think... I'm ruining it for myself. I'm putting so much pressure on myself. I'm putting all this expectation on myself. Um, and like I say, I've said this an awful lot in interviews leading up to this fight. Um, you, you don't get to be an MMA fighter for 30, 40 years. You get to be an MMA fighter until maybe your early 40s if you're lucky. And what I absolutely didn't want to do was look back on my career and say, God, I wish you'd enjoyed that, that more. Now I can't do any more. You know, my, my body's all broken up and smashed up and I'm too old. You know, I will look back and think these are probably some of the best times of my life. So that was very much the feeling after the Jamie Richardson fight was just enjoy the whole experience. Enjoy the training. Enjoy, you know, having fun at next gen. Even enjoy the weight cutting and the, and the weigh-ins and, and everything. Just the, the special moments that you'll look back on. And even the bad memories end up becoming, you know, the funny stories that you tell tell people about um so that's where i had the big you know the turnaround mentally anyway the the big turnaround was after the jamie richardson fight and obviously i've gone on to win win, win four fights after that yeah and four fights in uh, some fashion as well and um, mm. in, ter- in terms of what's next for you baz actually asked me on the phone and you're right we probably speak for about 40 minutes minimum every day on the phone uh yeah we're tight and uh, baz goes what things next for Matt Bonner, he goes, give me a few scenarios and I'll go, right, I'll give you three. Okay, here, the first one... read them out slowly so people get okay. to know as well. And let us know in the comments as well who you, what you think. I think the first one, like anyone could say it, is he rematches Frederick because like it was an absolute epic fight and people oh. would love to see it. Second one, I think, I hope I get his name right, is Kent Copian. Uh, I think he, he actually was like a reserve for the fight as well. I think he weighed in. Or thirdly, Matt goes straight to the UFC and he makes a UFC uh, debut, especially if they're coming to London in, I think, September, October. Um, right. And you know what? There's plenty of Irish and UK talent to take over that entire event. It could be Ireland and the UK against the world uh, on that fight. So I was like, they're the sort of three options I see next. Do you have a preference to any of those, Matt? Uh, the only other option I can think on top of that would be bringing kind of like a UFC veteran someone who's maybe you know lost his contract in the UFC and he bring bring that guy in I would I would honestly like to see Frederick fight Cotman I think that'd be a good fight I think that'd be very interesting and then like I say maybe me fight this this UFC vet whoever they brought in that that's what I would like to see but I'd definitely be up for a rematch with Frederick I think that'd be really interesting and I think you know I would be I would probably favor that over the Kent Cotman fight mm. 
Um, it's a bit of a strange one with, with Ken. Oh, I, I always kind of respected him. Um, obviously, he did well in Bellator and whatnot. But I came down on the on the train to London on the Tuesday, and then you wait on the Wednesday, fight the Thursday. And he started messaging me on Instagram, and he was saying all this stupid shit. This is Ken, and he was like, yeah. "Oh, you're gonna miss weight. Oh, you're gonna be COVID positive, and I'm gonna step in and this, this, and this." And I was thinking, "What are you talking about?" And and then he'd see me in the hotel, and he'd start being very passive aggressive. Oh, I'm gonna take your spot on all this crap. And I was like. Listen, pal, I've got the biggest fight in my life in, in, you know, on Thursday. Why don't you piss off and leave me alone kind of thing? So I've not really, I kind of... The last lost bit of respect from... An awful lot, yeah, because he was known as this kind of... Um, sort of respectful guy, that's what I would have... Respectful, down to earth. You know, in his videos, he says, well, first I want to thank God for being here. And then he goes on to saying he, he wants me to, to fall ill and wants me to miss weight and stuff. And I thought, well, those two are a little bit of a clash of... Uh, Things to say, so right. Well, Ken, Ken, Ken can go do one and fight Frederick. So, <laughs> <laughs> That's right. yeah, you, you go and sort, you go and sort Frederick out if you want to, and I'll just sit yeah, back well, and well, well, and you, enjoy it. You know what? I can't remember who it was, <laughs> but that happened in uh, it, there was a UFC title fight, and someone called out someone, and then uh, the challenger beat the champion, and he goes, No, no. You said you want to fight. I don't know yeah, what to sure, say. It was yeah. Dustin Poirier. He was like, "You said you want to fight Dustin Poirier. You go fight Dustin Poirier. You don't want to fight for the belt. You said you want to fight him, not for the belt." So there you go. I think it was Calvin Gastelum, was it? Uh, potentially so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So uh, th- there you have it. But um, yeah, man. Thursday, what a way to start off the trilogy. You know what I mean? Like, uh, oh, I, I've never been so excited for a trilogy, and I don't think of it, a trilogy has ever delivered as much as this one did. Also. Did you enjoy fighting on the Thursday here? You got to sit back and relax and enjoy Friday, Saturday. Yeah, it is nice to get it over and done with, to be fair. And I know that sounds a bit more over and done with and all the rest of it, but it is nice just to get the fight out of the way. And obviously you can sit back. I had, I had another five teammates who were, who were fighting. Mm. There was a few on before me and there was a few on. There was one on the third, one on the Friday, one on the Saturday. So it was it was nice to sit back and watch them, you know, them get to work. But yeah, it, it, I, I don't mind being, obviously we have to stay at the hotel and whatnot. I, I quite enjoy being at the hotel and, you know, I'm not one for, oh my God, I'm trapped in this beautiful hotel with all this lovely food and all the rest of it, like some of them are. So it was, it was nice. It's, it's not, it's not a big deal if you have to fight on a Friday, Saturday, but it was, it was preferred to get it over and done with one of the Thursday and then it's done. You can go home and enjoy the rest of the weekend. Yeah, well, I suppose there's, there's that build if you're on Friday or Saturday, isn't there, Baz? You're like, you're constantly around all the fighters and like other people are weighing in and you're you're there. And like sure. the nerve energy definitely builds up. Yeah, it was uh, even the, the production, the embedded uh, Cage Warrior embedded videos. I thought everything was brilliant. And the greatest thing for you now, Matt, is your first title defense is going to be fans in the arena as well. Touch wood. Yeah, that, that's going to be a strange dynamic now because obviously, no, I thought. I think I've fought four times, maybe five times about there being a crowd there. The Jamie Richardson fight was behind closed door as well, even though at that time he wasn't having COVID tests and stuff. There still wasn't any crowds around. So, yeah, that, that's going to be almost very strange having people back in, but I say that in a good way. You know, it, it's, it's We fight and, because you want the fans there and you want them to spur you on. And you know, mm. If you go back to the Frederick fight or even to the, the Matt Inman fight, if there was a crowd there, those fights would have been massive. They would have really gone off. I was speaking to him, Dean, after the fight. He was, he was the matchmaker at the end of the Matt Inman fight, and he was saying if that if that was in if that Matt Inman fight was in Manchester, 
you can imagine the atmosphere that would have that mm. would have smashed off there. It would have been ace. So yeah. I'm looking forward to being fans back and hopefully I can I can shift a few tickets now. Now I'm champion. I can make a little bit of money on the tickets as well. Yeah, absolutely. Amen. Uh, <laughs> uh, Matt, we're gonna we're gonna shift things to Friday night and we're gonna talk about one of your teammates, um, a friend of the show. What an absolute performance, uh, total domination. Uh, as we like to call him, flawless Nathan Fletcher. Uh, he is an animal. As soon as he caught that kick from uh, Brian Poulin in the first round, he, he was all over him like a rash. And just what what is it like? Because his work ethic seems unbelievable. We were only saying, you know, his time off, he's there doing CrossFit when most people are in the pub having a point. He, he is <laughs> he is relentless. Tell us what, what he's like as a training partner and tell us what you thought of his performance. I messaged him today and said, um, I said, when you're back in training, I'm going to go in next gen tomorrow and just say hello to everyone and I'm going to have the rest of the week off. And he said, well, I'm back in training. I'm back in training today. I've been back in this morning. And you think, Christ, I know. He didn't He didn't take any damage in the fight, but he still come off you know, a big eight-week fight camp. So for him to be back in the next day, the words he usually actually was, I, I need to be in because I need to help some of my other teammates because they've got fights coming up. So that just shows... Know the stuff that Nathan Fletcher's made of, but I mean, pe- people will look at Nathan Fletcher fight and they'll say, Well, no, it's a really naked choke, it's not that hard. But you have to understand that this guy's got, I think, it's six really naked chokes in a row. So you have to think his opponents, all they're doing all fight camp is doing really naked choke defense, and he's still he's still managing to win by really naked choke. Um, so it, again, it just shows the quality of Nathan Fletcher. He's he is kind of for me. If anyone says, you know, I was I was still a, when I started MMA. You still had guys who were very much strikers, grapplers, uh, individual styles. Where if you've got like the perfect blend of styles, you're probably looking at Nathan Fletcher as the perfect example of that. He actually is. He is flawless. Like there's no other way to describe. Yeah, we're trying to get flawless to stick, and it, it like no one will mention. But like with an undefeated record, and like the way yeah. he's knocking people off, flawless. It, the, the, the longer he stays undefeated, it, the longer he's going to be referred to as flawless. <laughs> and, and Matt, you know what? You're actually right. Now I don't know how good translator is on Instagram, but uh, Brian Boulon uh, actually put up on his Instagram that like he was actually practicing the rear naked choke defense his entire camp, and he was doing it, and he was he was like. All the fence was going to plan until he hit him with that elbow. Sure. And he he just, it was different. And that's the thing in training camp, you know, if you'd have to have a very bad training partner to start smashing you with elbows from behind. Uh, but like, that's what happened. And Nathan ended up sinking in. I don't think there's anything other than him fighting for one of those lovely cage warriors belts. <laughs> like, it, I think it's undeniable. Yeah. The only thing is, is Jack Hartwright, uh, is actually out of contract at the moment. He's not right. actually under contract with uh, Cage Warriors. I hope I'm allowed to say that because uh, he told me himself. So uh, maybe I'm not supposed to say that, but it's been said now. Um, so I don't know if he's going to have to fight someone else for the belt or whether you know Jack will find a one, one fight new deal. But look, I wish all the best to Jack as well. I, I hope he gets all the offers from all the organizations yeah. and he can do what's best for him because that's the type of people we are over here on Energize. But... Jack Cartwright's ace in terms of his style. You know, he's again. You, you, if Jack Cartwright's fighting, you, you're not missing it. You're tuning in. And you're watching him. He's you know, again very well rounded. I know we know him as kind of like that knockout striker, but he's, he's got very good wrestling as well. But in terms of you know Nathan fighting the cage or his title, 
definitely, you know, he deserves a cage for his title. But if he if he ends up on that September card on the UFC, I don't think anyone will bat an eyelid. No, absolutely not. What do you think Nathan's ceiling is as well? Because like obviously we had we had Nathan on a few times, and he's also grown like physically, and his his mindset is so bulletproof. It's actually it's very very commendable. Um, how, how far do you think he can go? All the way. Well, I think yeah. Oh yeah, sure. Yeah, hundred percent. And I think he knows that as well, which is important. But when I say he knows that, this isn't in a. No, he's walking. No, it's around not egotistical. Not uh, it, it, not at all. Not in the slightest. But he does. I know he does a lot of kind of. Um, I don't know if you call it mental training, but it's very much kind of positive feedback. And you now he, he had this little calendar on his Instagram the other day where yeah. he'd be crossing off the days and have like a maybe like an inspirational quote at the end of the week or something. He's you know, he, he's very much kind of if you look at my career and you pick holes in my career and saying I've not really led, I've not gone in that kind of straight path. If you're looking at someone who's progressed in his career perfectly and took the right fights and smashed them out of the park, it's Nathan Fletcher. He's done it everything right and that's that's not me saying he's had easy fights he's had super tough fights the last two fights have been you know have been nails really good really good opponents and he's again he's just made them look you know like second tier fighters and they weren't you know these guys if you think of Boo Landy's he Very is experienced. You know, yeah, he's, yeah, he's, he's probably top five in Europe I actually think I saw something that Nathan Fletcher's previous five opponents going into this fight had a record of something like 22 and 4 and like you got them all out there, and then you know you had uh, Brian Boulans on top. It's like thirty-two and eight or something like that. Well, eight including the Nathan, Nathan Fletcher loss now. Uh, so like he 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 actually is next level. I can see him uh, going the whole way to the top. I I could see him competing with the top five in the UFC right now. But I think he's also smart. I think he'll take his time getting up there as well. And uh, you know he has a. He has all the makings of a superstar as well. And sometimes I think he doesn't realize how marketable he, he could sure. be himself. Like, he, he mm. could be an absolute superstar. You better, uh, better not be listening. If you're listening, fast forward this bit. <laughs> yeah, but like, I, I, I could see the UFC definitely taking uh, a rocket ship and strapping it to his back when he gets there because he has all the tools to become an absolute global superstar. I know we, I talk to Nathan quite a lot. I don't really train with Nathan quite a lot because obviously the weight difference is so, mm. so, uh, is so big. But even in terms of saying, you know, we talk a lot about doing podcasts and whatnot. And you know, he says, I love doing podcasts because, you know, when I am getting interviewed, you know, by on the, on the UFC after me fight, I, I'm going to be a little bit more looser and I'm going to be more used to it and be more confident. And obviously then, you know, that'll sell you further to the fans and stuff. So, He's right, right, professional his approach. And I think he's what was he like 23, 24 or something like that? Yeah. You know, he's, he's got another you know, 15 years left to fight if he wants it, you know. So, you know, he's very well, he's, he's the full package now. God knows what he's going to be like in kind of two, three years' time. Absolutely. And uh, I, I just want to uh, take a shift on to the, the next world title fight. Um, guys, this this one like pulled at the heartstrings as well. Yeah. Joe McCulligan winning that lightweight belt. Is there a nicer guy under the Cage Warriors banner than Joe McCulligan? He is such a, a blue collar, hard working fella. He works a full time job, and uh, the, I, I've seen it going around. The Fight Academy Ireland guys are sharing it. Uh, people are talking about it now. Uh, I've set a trend. Full camp Joe McCulligan is a real thing. It's the same <laughs> as a motivated BJ Penn or TRT Belfort. Full camp, John McCollum. It's the first time he's had a full camp in a very long time. And my God, didn't make a difference. He beat Aggie Sadari 
for every second that fight went on. Aggie couldn't get anything off. And that's so unlike Aggie as well. His thing is sort of to go around the edge of the fence and sort of nick rounds. He's very good at stealing rounds. He couldn't get anything off against Joe. Joe was incredible in this fight, and it was the performance of his career and earned him one of those beautiful Cage Warriors belts. What did you think of him, Matt? I think you kind of summed it up there. He dominated every second of the round. There was There's not one moment where Sadari looked like he was going to control or would, would turn the tide. Uh, I've not really spoke ever spoke to Joe, but I've obviously saw the fight when he fought Mason Jones, and that must have been very disappointing. I always kind of like that, the comeback mm. story. You know, I know he didn't have the full training camp for Mason, and then he's gone back. He fought uh, Kieran Lister, knocked him out, had a really good fight against against Kieran. Um, and, and like you say, I can't really think of anybody else in that division who, who deserves it more than him. And like I said, I don't know the fella, but I'm, I'm very pleased for him. Yeah, he, he's uh, he's just he's just so nice when you when you get to talk to him. He's he just he's so humble and like he he sort of said, look, if you know that's the pinnacle of my career, so be it. I'm happy to never sure. fight in the UFC. You know what I mean? This is something that he's just very passionate about, and uh, it was just great to see see him uh, put it all together. And you know what I mean? And um, I don't know, just those Fight Academy Ireland lads. You know what I mean? They're 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 really doing something great over there. And mm-hmm. uh, I felt like between Next Gen and Fight Academy Ireland, like they were the guys, they were the two gyms that really smash it. Actually, at uh, high level in high Scotland level. as well. Yeah. Uh, they had a great trilogy series as well. Look, not everyone could be a winner, you know what I mean? And that's that's the thing about the sport, and it, it 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 is rough, but like, and I do feel like with the trilogy series, you definitely feel, you know, you obviously set the tone for next gen, and like it definitely, you know, kept yeah. that ball rolling. Uh, oh. uh, uh, we'll touch on Karen Mulholland um, and Colin Wilson's fight in, in a minute, but like, um, I think that definitely sort of, you know, those two lads obviously saw their teammates become champions going into that fight. Uh, it, it definitely, you know, encouraged them. Uh, Basma, was there anyone else on Friday you wanted to give a mention to? Yeah, um, I think I think everyone can agree that the funniest person on the trilogy was uh, Harry Hardwick. Just the, what he was coming out with, it was just hilarious. And um, also the knockout, uh, Dominic Wooding, uh, knocking out Cameron Hardy, that was, that was probably the most viral knockout of the whole entire week. Yeah, put some uh, respect on Dominic Wooding's name and uh, get him on the main card next time because uh, he's no joke. And he wasn't impressed; he was on the prelims. So <laughs> I wouldn't like to be Graham Boyle in, in their next meeting. Yeah. Um, well, well, then we may as well move on to Saturday night. Yeah, uh, I suppose we sort of touched on it straight away. Um, look, as we were alluding to earlier, it's a bit rough when you when you take an L. Um, Connor Wilson obviously had beat Karen Mulholland in the amateurs. Um, funnily yeah. enough, I think out of, and I'm going to include Nathan Fletcher's first round finish in this. I don't think anyone had a better round than Connor Wilson did in that first round against Karen Mulholland. Um, it was a very one sided first round, and I don't say that lightly because uh, Karen seems like, uh, but he is a lovely guy. We had him on the show before the, uh, before his fight. But you know what? I actually texted him on Thursday night after you won and said, look, Kieran, Matt also lost his first two pro fights and look at him now. And he, I was like, take inspiration from that and, and believe in yourself. And That's you know actually I mean? true. Uh, he, he went in there and, you know, what? he wrapped up that guillotine. It was a very awkward angle uh, and he, he got the job done. Um, really, really happy for him, but also good for Connor Wilson as well. It was actually very much a tale of two tides uh, that fight. 
Um, obviously, Connor was doing so well with the uh, striking aspect of the fight. I think his confidence was going through the roof, and then obviously he he let the ball slip. But his ceiling looks very very high as well. Matt, what's what's Connor like in the gym, and what do you see his ceiling being? I think out of anyone out of next gen, obviously our main coach is Paul Rimmer. Paul yeah. Rimmer's got the, the most amount of kind of. Um, he thinks Connor's going to be a world champion. He thinks he's going to go all the way. It's the kind of blend of that karate style. He's got very good wrestling. His jiu-jitsu is very good. Um, and he's he's a top, he's, he's such a nice kid as well. He's going to be absolutely devastated with that. I think he was quite emotional after the fight as well in, in the cage. I was actually having a tattoo at the time. So I was having a tattoo and then watching this this Connor Wilson fight at the same time. And I was... I was gutted for him because do you know do you know what it is? We we had two guys, uh, Joel Downey Cave and we had Connor Wilson, and it was both their first time on Cage Warriors. And when I was speaking to them, they 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 might kind of disagree with this, but they they, they sounded so nervous going in because mm. it, it well Cage Warriors is such a big stage. You know, if mm. if any of those two would have won the fights, you would have been signed to a contract. You win you win all the fights on the contract. You get a world title, you win a world title, go to the UFC. So I think it might have been the pressure and kind of that anticipation again, which may have mm. thrown thrown both of them off. But Connor, Connor will rebuild. He, he, he's been doing his karate for kind of 10, 15 years and stuff. So I'd imagine he knows how to take a loss and he'll come back and rebuild from it. But you know, this is this is why we watch MMA, because you can you know, one guy can smash the first round and the second guy can pull a guillotine out of his ass. This is, this is what makes it so exciting to watch. So... Well, congratulations to that, Kieran. But no, Connor will definitely be back, and he'll he'll make a statement in his next fight. Yeah, we want to give a shout out to Adam Cullen as well. We we, we didn't mention mm-hmm. that on Thursday. Yeah. Oh, actually, yeah. Well, uh, he also won by rear naked choke. Um, <laughs> what against him and Nathan are giving each other a serious stick over who puts up the better numbers in the in the CrossFit. So yeah. uh, shout out to Adam Cullen as well, Ross- and then also. Reiterate, uh, Karen Mulholland, what a guillotine. Uh, I, I was uh, saying to Baz, it was reminiscent of uh, I don't know if you remember a match, remember Cody McKenzie? I do, yeah, he fought yeah, it, it, it was like one of those guillotines, it was, yeah, it was, yeah. it was, it was very, very awkward angle. But I think, I think him being so long, a flyweight definitely gave him uh, the advantage yeah. with that choke. He's, a, he's big, he's a big flyweight. You know, I, I was shocked how much bigger than, than Connery was, very, very tall. He must have had like two or three inch on Connor at yeah. least. Um, definitely. Yeah, like, like I say, well, well done to Kieran. Again, another yeah. guy I don't really know, but he's, again, it's quite nice to see these guys who have lost come back and win. It's just not nice to see him winning against my training partners. Yeah, yeah, but did, like Kieran was coming off the two losses and then he had to drop down the flyweight. So we were, it was, there was obviously a lot more pressure on him than people want to let him know. And then when he came out with the win, it was just, uh, it was great to see for him and his family. And, and, uh, and then everyone moves on. Uh, before we get into the main event, I'm sure everyone wants to hear what we have to say about that. Uh, Stevie McIntosh defeated Decky McLean by rear na- naked choke. Uh, Ross, do you think Stevie did enough there to get a title shot next? Mm, I'm not too sure. I just think uh, Medi Ben Lacker um, uh, is probably still next in line just due to like that. The fight with Decky, there was a lot of clinch work in it, and it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't as clean as I think it would be to make a statement for, for a title shot. Uh, and I just think Medi seems to have a lot of fans as well. Like uh, written all over the Joe McCulgan sort of post is Medi Ben Lacker next. It, it reminds me a bit of uh, Morgan Charrier. Morgan Charrier fights like, I've never met a Morgan Charrier fan, but like when you're online, that's all you see is Morgan Charrier fan. So uh, I, I think it does hold a bit of weight. So 
Uh, maybe uh, Stevie fights a Paul Redmond next. I, I rumor has it that uh, Paul Redmond and uh, Medi match uh, matchup is being um, put back rescheduled. Rescheduled, yeah. But lads, we're gonna have to talk about the Saturday main event. Uh, Ian Gary defeating Jack Grant by decision. Like Matt, like obviously you saw this as well in the build up to it. He went on hiatus, he said, and then all of a sudden this is all coming out now that he got that he's not part of Team KF. And like Ian was on our show when he was like one and all Ross was it. Oh, if he even, yeah. He, yeah. He I think was, he just uh, came off his first we, win in Cage Warriors. We, we first saw Ian Gary on the 16th of September 2018 before he made his pro debut. He was doing uh, a K1 kickboxing match against a guy called Andreas Binder, who's uh, quite big on the Irish local scene. Yeah. And I was like, right, he's definitely one to watch. And we followed his career since he was on our show, I think. Nine February twenty sixth, I think two thousand nineteen, ten days after his first Cage Warriors win. So like, talk about OGs of the the Gary fight game. Like it doesn't get much much bigger than that. But look, he he put on an absolute clinic. Uh, come Saturday night, and take nothing away from Jack Grant. Jack Grant is tough as nails. That skinny power is real. He's got one hell of a chin on him. Ian Gary's knocked down many a man, and. I think he put that jab on his face all night. He landed some big right hands. He landed some uh, big left head kicks. And Jack Grant, I don't even think he was wobbled at any stage. It was very, very impressive. And the little bit of gamesmanship in the fifth round, you know, Jack Grant was like, sorry, mom. And then next thing you know, he rolls for a knee bar. Um, it was it was very, very entertaining, uh, especially for such a one-sided fight when someone was clearly winning all the rounds. Uh, I, I, you were still always wary that Jack Grant's submission game is so strong that you know at any moment things can change, especially when he was going for a lot of those leg locks. Uh, Matt, tell us what you thought of the fight. It was an entertaining fight, it really was. Um, for me, there was I, I, I kind of felt like there was too much back and forth with the talking in yeah. terms of I respect you, well, I respect you as well, kind of thing. <laughs> a, a, a little bit too best mate. Me, they were me very best mates. That, they uh, were very best mates. We, we were more saying that before they fought, when they were like backstage hugging and all that. I was like, can you not do that bit of hugging like after the fight? 100%. I think, I think you shake hands before, you wish your opponent good luck, and then you catch up afterwards, and, and maybe then you have your, your hug and your, you know, your compliments your and kiss. stuff. But maybe. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> I don't know if I was going to kiss Frederick at any point, to be fair, but um, <laughs> yeah, but maybe, but, yeah, maybe, maybe we just hand the title over. Maybe you can build a kiss all thanks for that. <laughs> Wait, I, I just I just a quick one. Like, <laughs> I thought there was a little bit too much back and forth. Oh, it was entertaining, mm. and like you say, Jack Grant has got a hell of a chin and a hell of a ground game. Yeah, I think actually going to welterweight and him not cutting so much weight down to lightweight has done him an awful lot of good for his chin. Because he has been wobbled a little bit kind of early in his career when he was dropping weight and whatnot. And he's, he's a solid welterweight in terms of his build, looks yeah. very good and solid. Um, Ian Gary, obviously, you know, he looked very good. He was catching him with that high kick and the jab and the backhand. I actually thought he looked quite a little bit nervous going in, which I kind of think was maybe all this drama with his, with his team and not having his normal corner mm-hmm. there. You know, um, what? I, I, I think, the, just sorry, just to touch on that, I think. When the cameras were on him when he very first started walking out, I don't think he knew the cameras were on him. And then when he actually sort of made his way into like the, the tent, I'm going to call it, 
it was like a switch where he was like, right, be confident now. And then he was yeah. confident, but he looked very unconfident before that. Is that the part we are sort of touching on? I, I, yeah, I even think at parts of the fight where he was backing off a little bit more when Jack Grant was coming forward and talking to him. Um, I, I think he did look a little bit kind of vulnerable at, at, you know, in points. And I've never seen him look like that before when he's had Chris Fields barking at him and, yeah. and supporting him through the rounds. It's, I, I don't, uh, it's interesting what's gone down there. I don't, I don't suppose I'll ever find out really what's happened, but, you know, I've met Ian Gary a couple of times and he's been very polite and respectful. I thought James Webby was coached by Chris Fields and he was very polite and respectful. So, yeah. you know, to me, it doesn't really matter what's gone on, but it's a bit of a shame that it's all kind of kicked off and all ended up in the fashion that it has. But well, we'll see what happens. Is Ian Gary going to go to the UFC now? Is that what's going to happen? It, it pretty much looks like it. It's, from what he says, it's you know, it's a given. I'd be very interested to see how, you know what you can accomplish there. Yeah, Russ, Russ, like obviously people are tuning in now because everyone thinks that we know everything. Because we've had <laughs> so do you want to just do you want to say something? Well, look, uh, obviously TKF <laughs> come out with their statement. You know what I mean? Uh, they, 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 ever look. Everyone has to look after their own interests. Obviously, Ian made his statement that you know he felt like he was left ten days out from the fight. Obviously, um, they felt that Ian made some actions against the ethos of their team. And you know what? The truth probably lies somewhere in the middle because that's the what, what they say. You know what I mean? Yeah, there's two sides to every story and the truth generally lies somewhere in the middle. And um, for me, I just think it's a, it's a great shame because they were like such a dynamic duo, Chris and Ian. And I, I thought they were going to go all the way to the top, especially for Irish fans. It's a bit like uh, sad to see. Uh, I, I just do find it uh, strange to see where is he going to go from uh, here on now? Where is he going to train next? I do find it... Uh, strange that someone could be a world champion without a gym and sure. where, where they'll end up so uh look i'm sure time will tell i'm sure um you know we might find out more we might not there could be um a rekindling they could uh be able to hash things out you know what i mean maybe you know Ian will say he did wrong on his part and chris will say they did wrong on on their part and you know that they'll make up you know what i mean at the end of the day i'm sure if they uh got around the table and hashed it out they could uh definitely sort it out but uh yeah. have to say big shout out to paul Hughes cornering two world title fights yeah. uh, uh one night after the other and victorious both um i have said um paul Hughes corner man of the year 2021 and <laughs> uh, i saw severe may tweeting that out just want to say i said that first uh, so uh, boop, yeah, boop. A- absolute uh, legend. And you know what? I've never spoke to Paul Hughes about this, but I think he would make a very good coach uh, post fight career. Which is strange to say about someone who's so young in their pro fight yeah. career. But yeah. I just think, from a technicality standpoint and from a mindset uh, point, he is absolutely phenomenal fight IQ. And um, we've we've said that for a while now. Uh, Barry, that his fight IQ is wise beyond his years, and uh, no better man to have him as corner. And uh, I also, I don't know if you knew this, Matt, but did you hear they said on the broadcast that Graham Boylan nearly pulled the fight, and uh, right, Gary Jack Graham fight? Because, uh, I think from a legal standpoint, you must have a corner, uh, for your fight. We was, we was kind of talking about this be- before the fight when, when it was kind of made clear that that was his intention was to fight without a corner, and yeah. then you think, well. Even, even okay, even less legal, but what about him? He was going to give him his water in between rounds and mm, stuff yeah. like that, and he was going to give him the stool to sit on if that's what he wants. I, yeah, it didn't really make make much sense to me. You know, Just have somebody there who's going to kind of 
Maybe they're mm. not going to give you massive amounts of ice in between rounds, but at least have someone there who's going to be able to give you water and sit you down and relax you a little bit. But yeah, yeah. Well, he, he seems very friendly with Paul Hughes. I, I just yeah. uh, the, the only thing I want to know is what day did Ian Gary arrive there, and what day did he ask Paul Hughes to do the corner? Uh, yeah. But look, they're, they're they're very friendly. I know for a fact they talk all the time. So he, he it could have been pre-arranged before he got there, and you know, just mum was the word. Was it? Everyone was dying to, for the end of the round to happen because I think it was close near the end of the first round, and then it was like right end of the round. What's actually happening? I also want to. I also want to say something as well. Like like obviously we've been following Ian the whole way through. I mean, like ten days out, this happens, and it, like we're very passionate about promoting the fights and all this cracking, like because we love the sport, and it was actually so heartbreaking to know that like they were about to become it was about to almost become an iconic duo i know obviously the whole team's involved but chris and ian like if you look back at the connor and john cabinet stuff it was almost like this could have been the next wave like people would have put them both together and it's just like when that happened it was just i felt i felt sort of not not sad for Ian because he became world champion but just like that moment i could picture so differently than just being by himself and it was just it must be very hard for him as well because he puts on this very confident persona and, and he is confident. Let's not get that wrong. It was just, you know, under it all, people that have emotions and that it was just like he like you could picture Chris putting him on the shoulders, that sort of thing. And then to not have that, it was actually very, very disappointing. But I mean, like, who knows? As time goes on, people like uh, they rekindle their, their friendships and, sure. and all that yeah. stuff, you know. My, yeah, my... maybe we'll all working together again. I'm not sure. It, you know, I just, I'm, not, I'm really not sure because... I mean, if you think Chris Fields knew that if Ian Gary was going to win that fight, he's going to the UFC. He's not just going to become a cage warrior world champion. Mm. He's going to go to the UFC. Yeah. So I imagine there must be some kind of big dramatic thing that's happened for those two to kind of go their separate ways. Mm. Again, it's not for me to know or to find out, but there must yeah. have been something significant to kind of yeah. for that to happen. Yeah. Well, it's, a po- it's a possible not to talk about it. It's one of the biggest talking points of the whole week as well. You know. Mm. Definitely, Matt. One thing we do know is. Ian Gary does have, have that big ego and he is a unique talent. How would you feel if he said he wanted Matt Bonner next and he wanted to try for champ champ status? How, how would you feel about that fight? I'd, I'd be comfortable. I'd be yeah. comfortable fighting him. Uh, that, that would be something that would, um, that'd be something that would get me out of the bed in the morning, get me training. Certainly. Um, there's a lot of eyes on Ian Gary, which is obviously, you know, he would go in as a favorite, I would imagine. Which is absolutely fine by me because I'm I'm never the favourite. I'm always the underdog, um, and I always kind of thrive off that. But I would I would be very interested in that fight if that was to come along. Baz, would you be watching that fight? Yeah, well, you know, loads of people from Cage Warriors are tuning in now to listen. And yeah, obviously, we were talking about that as well. Like, uh, like I mean, the whole thing is right. You put two fellas in, and then like you promote them, and then like you see all their um their following and everything, and people be more invested, and then. They build on that and build on that. And obviously, if Matt fought in, loads of people will know Matt more, and then it builds and builds. Mm-hmm. You just have to keep building up that platform as well. But uh, we like Matt, I have a question at the very end to ask you, but before so we just wrap up this trilogy because we basically covered it there. Um what like what really impressed you about Cage Warriors, like whether it be the production or the way Graham's running things and uh, like the stuff we wouldn't see behind the scenes, what really, really impressed you? It's very smooth, especially because now we're on, I think, it's the, is it the third or fourth trilogy or whatever? It's, fourth. It, it's fourth. Yeah, it's, it's so smoothly done. They, you can't afford it not to be because on UFC Fight Pass, you, you, you've got all these time slots. You have to be, you know, the show has to start at nine o'clock. It has to finish at this time. All the runners there behind the scenes of guys who have been there for like the last, you know, at least three or four years. So everyone knows what the job is. Everyone knows what's, what's to do. 
the weigh-ins are always on time. Um, every, every, everything is, is very professionally done, and I can't, I can't, I can't really say so, you know, a bad thing about the, any of the experience. You know, they pay for all your travel expenses. They pay for, I think they give you twenty quid a day for food and stuff and all the rest of it. So, honestly, there's not really anything I can complain about. It's just very professional, very smooth, and I imagine that's why it'd be such a, you know, a quite an easy transition to the UFC because I imagine, you know, the cage warriors are pretty much as smooth as the UFC are. Yeah. Also, yeah, well, also, it was very funny on the Thursday. The the prelims were all yeah, so quick getting hour off. <laughs> yeah, that, the, the prelim fighters were too eager to get the job done. That was that was that was, that was one problem. Blame Adam uh, Cullen for that one. I, I I must say I, I love I love a good trilogy series. I hope Cage Warriors post pandemic keep the Cage Warriors trilogy series at least twice a year. Yeah. I, 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 we were saying with John McCullough before, and you probably feel the same. At least you know when you finish this trilogy, you have an idea when the next trilogy is, so you know what date you're getting ready for, and it works out a lot better for the fighters. Um, uh, I'll, I'll give my last question to Matt Ross, all right? Yeah, go on. Okay, Matt, obviously you lost your first two pro fights, and now you're sitting there with the, with the gold. What can you say to people at home now like that are fighting or getting into fighting, and then they take two losses, and then obviously you're a result of like hard work, dedication, moving gym, going and getting the goal like what can you say to people that like fall at the, the start twice so go back and then push on what can you say to them I, I'd very much say don't it's not a, a case of oh I've lost fights I just need to keep working at it and I'm eventually going to get there that you, you have to you have to take something from the loss or change something afterwards you know, we've talked about my big change being moving to next gen you know, if, if, if I had just you know, I was very tenacious and I was very kind of um you know, very dedicated even before I went next gen, but it was it's not enough. It's not enough. You have to be around the right coaches, the right teammates, the right training partners. So that's what I would say to people. You know, if you're getting armbarred five times in a row, then you need to work on your armbar defense. That's obviously a very obvious thing. You know, you know, if you're if you're losing because you're gassing out every round, that's something you need to change. So you know, take the losses. But don't don't just take them and say I'm going to try harder next time. You, you have to make a fundamental change to your to your training routine. Um, again, man was going next gen and and on and and getting myself out of my comfort zone and, and doing that. Um, someone like like George Smith, for example, you know he, he he's lost twice in a row and he's lost twice on the feet. One to myself and one to Mick Stanton. What would say to him, he needs to go to a boxing gym and really get some proper sparring rounds in. Get used to getting hit. You know, when he gets hit, now it looks like it's the first time he's ever been hit in the face. So that, that's my advice to people: you know, make the change. Don't just kind of keep hitting your head against that brick wall. You've got to change direction and 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 try something else. Words from the champ, Ross. Anything else to say? Uh, yeah, I have actually have one or two little uh, shout outs to do. Uh, shout out to Liam Gittens as well. He was uh, mm-hmm. another next gen lad who uh, picked up a W over the weekend. I didn't get a mention. Uh, shout out to Paddy the Baddy Pimlet. Obviously, we're uh, on Next Gen Turf right here. And shout out to the Wonder UFC superstars, um, Meatball Molly and McCann. They were very vocal uh, across the weekend on their social media about the crew. And then I actually want to show, give a shout out to Patrick McAllister from Fight Academy Ireland and Paul Rimmer as well. I think they're two of the most underrated head coaches across Europe. Uh, I think they're two of the very most elite and I think they need to be given more respect. More respect needs to be put on their name because they are absolute elite, elite coaches. Uh, they are doing incredible things for their team. I'm sure, Matt, you'll agree with that as well. 100%. And you've also got um, Ellie Sampson, 
who's kind of second in command at next gen and had adventure as well. Uh, well certainly Ellis, he's, you know, he's 20, 29, 30 years old and he, he's certainly the guy you can see kind of um, taking off where, where Paul Rimmer's going to, you know, eventually leave or, or whatever, you know, Paul Rimmer ever retired. Ellis mm. is, you know, second in command and he'll do a, he'll do a very good job. He's very good. Yeah, absolutely. Also, he could be also, like he could be Ray Longo though, and never go. <laughs> also, also a shout out to Huel Chaplin for keeping the standard of uh, well, of fashion at the highest of highs as well. The main yeah. man, the voice uh, of the hell, you're the man. Yeah, and um, Matt, I must say thanks a million for your time. If you have watched this video, you're obviously probably fed in love with Matt Bonner the way we did. Make sure to head over to Instagram, give him a follow. You won't regret it. He, I'm gonna say he's the Derek Lewis of Cage Warriors, funny <laughs> man. Uh, but with the with the with the belt though, with the belt, with the belt. Uh, and if you have enjoyed this video, just make sure to like, make sure to subscribe, make sure to share it because it actually means a lot to us and it helps us grow our platform to grow the platform for the fighters. So and get it means more a fighters lot on us. as well, and it does indeed help us get more fighters on. Barry, take it away. Yeah, Matt. Anything else to say before we wrap it up? Uh, I'll just like to say thanks for you guys for having me on. It's been a pleasure. Uh, thanks to all my sponsors who have supported me during camp. And uh, if anybody wants to message me on on any social media pages, they're more than welcome to. Yeah, perfect. And also, you're gonna have to update your LinkedIn with uh, with the belt. So <laughs> if you are new, make sure to like, share, subscribe, and as always, stay, stay energized. energized.